Welcome to another edition of the Business and Personal Podcast, where we bring you closer to the people that you do, do business with. And real excited today to have an awesome husband-wife uh, real estate team on with us. Uh, we have Bill and Kristen Irvin of Signature Th Sotheby's. They have six years combined experience in the business and uh, much more beyond that, uh, as they'll explain. So um, personally, they did great things for me and my family uh, in our challenging home search that we'll talk about as well. But first off, Bill and Kristen, thanks for joining me uh, within your busy schedule. How are you guys doing today? Hi, Ryan. Great. Thanks, Ryan. Great to be with you. Absolutely. So, so let's start by telling us how you did get involved in the real estate industry. And I don't know, Bill, you said it's been in your family for quite some time. Uh, so tell us what led you to this point. Yeah. So uh, I, I've been in the mortgage business for years and years and years. Um, my dad was a real estate agent for 53 years, uh, still licensed. Um, and when people ask me, you know, how long you've been in the business, I always just say, it feels like my entire life. Uh, and Chris and I have sold nine homes, uh, you know, in our, throughout our marriage, we're kind of serial flippers about every three years, we seem to go buy another house and then fix it up. Uh, so, uh, about three years ago, Kristen, uh, who had raised the kids and, and the kids were all grown, um, decided that she wanted to go into real estate and, uh, and I've been in the mortgage business for a very long time. And, uh, we thought it was really, the timing was great for us to partner up and, and to go into real estate and, uh, it's been fantastic. Um, we just finished our last, really our second full year last year, um, and we doubled our production from the year before, and we were actually named to our magazine's 2021 top 5% in Metro Detroit. So uh, really excited about the future and, uh, and where we're headed. And Kristen, what about yourself? Well, yeah, just exactly what Bill said, you know, uh, 95% of the time, it's great to work together. 5% of the time, it's a little bit challenging. But overall, I think, you know, we each have uh, something special to add and uh, we really enjoy it. And, you know, it's nice. Um, sometimes we have women who want to work with women and men who want to work with men or vice versa. And so having that kind of um, option for people, I think also helps. And I know for us, like when we worked with you, I really liked your divide and conquer approach, how you both kind of battle tasks separately, you figured out what one was good at, maybe what the other one was good at, and it worked awesome as a team. Do you try to take on each transaction that way of trying to figure out who's going to handle what part of it? We do, and and they're definitely, and really also based on personalities. Yeah. I mean, there's some times where someone really gravitates towards Kristen, and I say, you know, this is, this is all yours. Obviously, I'm here to help any way I can. Um, but they seem to like you a lot better than they like me. <laughs> or it just depends where the relationship right. is. If it's my family right. member or a referral and, you know, in, from someone I'm closer to, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, just depends on how that goes down. Yeah. But also, um, you know, and we talk about this all the time. I don't know how an individual agent does their job every single day when I think of all the things that the two of us do um, continuously. Uh, it would be very difficult to do this by myself. Um, just in regards to all the paperwork and the marketing and building relationships. And uh, it's just, it's, it would be a challenge. So I'm, I'm so happy that we're together doing this. And obviously I, I trust her more than most. So it, uh, <laughs> it seems to work out. It, it, well, it's really <laughs> important for us to be responsive to our clients. Um, Bill always makes a joke is if you don't hear from us within the first few minutes of calling us or texting us, then something is wrong, you know, check the hospital or something. And it just isn't <laughs> But, um, and so it does help to have two of us because if someone is out doing a showing, then the other one hopefully is available and we can just be more responsible, more responsive and available that way. 
Well, you know, and you guys are on top of all the new technologies, but you still believe in the old school stuff too. I mean, DocuSign has made our lives easy where you don't even have to really meet with your clients. But I remember several times you're like, nope, I'm not going to email that. We're going to meet in person to sign this particular document. How important is it to have that face-to-face still for you? Um, I think it's critically important. Um, you know, I know that when I was in, in kind of the business world of Citibank, um, being in the, the room looking somebody, you know, across the, in the eye and, and seeing their body language and everything. And really that's how you build relationships and, and build trust. And so um, this is a digital business and you can do almost, as you said, almost everything electronically, but we try to get in front of our customers as much as we possibly can uh, to build that bond. And, and, you know, like we were talking about before we got on is, I mean, we build friendships. Um, we just talked to two of our clients. They just call us out of the blue and we talked to them, each of them for about 45 minutes, to see what they were doing, how they were doing. Um, Guy called me yesterday and said he wants us to come over for a barbecue because he just redid his whole backyard in Royal Oak. <laughs> and um, so it's, it's wonderful. We're building up our, our network, I guess, of clients, but also of friends. And Yeah, and I agree with Bill. I mean, the thing that, you know, being in this business that I think you can lose sight of is that people don't buy houses or sell houses every day. And so it's really important to get in front of them. Um, and hopefully in person is even better. And to really listen to them and hear what their needs are, what their concerns are, what their goals are. And um, you know, there's unique buyers like first time buyers who we really have to sit down and educate and, and go over things with. And so um, it's ideal if we can, if we can have uh, that FaceTime with them. Absolutely. And, and you know, I thought this would be a great time to get you guys on for a lot of different reasons. Uh, number one, COVID, uh, it's, we're at our one year anniversary of that. And just to kind of get an idea of how that's impacted your business uh, for starters. And then we're getting closer to the traditional busy buying and selling season as it warms up here in our frigid state. So let's first talk about COVID. And I'm just interested to hear how it has impacted your business because all I keep hearing about is real estate's booming. So it seems like it hasn't had the negative impact that some of these things we've seen over the years have had on the real estate industry. That's a great question, Ryan. Um, let me kind of rewind a year from a year ago uh, when the governor shut down the state um, right around this time, I believe um, we weren't allowed to do open houses or show properties. And it really made it very difficult for us. I was saying to our clients, listen, we just make, make an offer sight unseen. I mean, you saw the virtual tour, you saw the photos of the house. Um, let's make an offer. And if they accept it, then we can go in and look at it during the inspection. And then maybe then, and then we have the reaction from all of our clients. They'll, I'm walking through a house before I make an offer. It's, this is not a car or a pack of gum. Um, this is, you know, so, so we were dead in the water up until May 12th. May 12th is when she opened things up, at least for the real estate industry, we were able to begin doing, uh, really not a lot of open houses, but we were able to start showing houses at least. And there was a lot of pent up, um, I think a lot of pent up buyers out there who, who wanted to get something. And from there on out, as you said, it's been uh, an incredibly strong market since. And we usually see dips in you know September, October, November, heading into December. We haven't seen that at all this year. And I have a couple of statistics I wanted to throw out there. Number one, the average sale price is up 11.7% um, year over year. Um, so it's, it's only gotten stronger. Uh, the average list price is at 99.1%. So, you know, if you listed for a hundred thousand, it's selling for 99,000. Um, the average days on the market this time last year, we were in a good market. It was 77 days. It's now 43 days. Now, when you think about that, that's from the moment you put it on the market to the moment you close. 
So if it takes 35 days to close the transaction, that means on average, houses on the market for about a week, which is just incredible um, when you're talking about the entire MLS. And then the last thing which goes along with that is that the inventory is down, down by 57% from last year. And, um, and you might ask, well, why is that? Um, and there's a lot of reasons. I think one of the big reasons is COVID uh, in that you have people who just don't want people coming through their home. And they don't want them touching things. And so what we instruct all of our clients to do, and really it's kind of MLS wide, is when you are having people come into your home, open all of your cabinets, open all of your closets, turn on all the lights. That way people aren't coming in and, and touching light switches and touching cabinets. And so they really try to be as uh, COVID friendly as possible. They always wear masks. Um, so it, it's something that I think people are a little tentative about. Hopefully with this vaccine, uh, people will feel better about that and feel more comfortable having different strangers coming through their homes. But, uh, and then the last thing is the rate environment, you know, interest rates, and they've snuck up a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but they're at three and a quarter on a 30 year fixed right now, and two and a half on a 15 year. Uh, those are incredibly strong rates. And I know that you, you were in the mortgage business as a mortgage broker, and, and you understand everything about that and how business moves much better when rates are lower. So, uh, yeah, those are some of the, I think, kind of what we've experienced with COVID over the last uh, year. And now they've opened it up to open houses as of last week. So we feel like, again, we can start really doing our business. Um, and then we're excited about that. Are you hearing, just in conversations you're having, so people have been stuck in their house for a year. So are you hearing some people like, well, this house is way too small for us. Like I imagine the house that we were in that you helped us sell, if we were quarantined in that smaller home for a whole year, we'd be putting it on the market immediately as soon as things open up. I have to think there's a lot of people that are in a situation like that. Yeah, I think when you sit and look at the same four walls day after day, you realize that you wanna change. Um, if you were thinking about moving anyway, but really the needs of people have changed too. People working from home. And I don't foresee that changing anytime soon. I mean, I think that's gonna be a trend that's gonna continue. So people are looking for homes with office space, you know, one or two offices if two people are working from home. Um, people want more outdoor space. People were looking for pools last year because community pools were closed and things like that. Um, well, we've also heard, you know, there were more babies being born and uh, some marriages, <laughs> yeah, families growing and families some marriages dissolving because people didn't like being on top of one another. Right. Um, so uh, it's really caused all kinds of different dynamics in, in the uh, industry. But you're right. Uh, the uh, the size of the house and the, the use of the house has mm -hmm. changed completely mm -hmm. compared to mom and dad getting up and driving off to the office every day and coming back for dinner and sleeping and entertaining friends or something. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a new industry for, uh, and I think new construction is heading in that direction too. You see a lot more offices being incorporated into new construction for that reason. Yeah, I just think real estate is so interesting because you can talk about interest rates and you can talk about home values and this and that, but there's always life events that happen though that cause the need for your services without a doubt. So, so as we're thinking about that, as people are like, I need something bigger, you know, what can we get for our house? What's the best way for them to get an idea of what their value is? I mean, how accurate are these Zillows and some of these online companies? You can just type in your address and it says, oh, your house is worth this. How reliable is that number? And what would be your suggestion for people to try to figure out what their house is worth? I think everyone believes that Zillow is accurate. And, um, and we don't believe that because it's funny. If you see a, a low Zestimate and then that person puts their house on the market, 
the estimate will change immediately to that asking price, which is really interesting. Um, and also they go by, you know, strictly by the statistics they have, they can get their hands on. So they're not going into the MLS. They're not walking through houses in that neighborhood and, and seeing other houses and talking to agents um, and really understanding what's going on in that immediate area. What's sold recently? Um, why did it sell for what it sold for? Oh, well, that house had that nice kitchen. You forgot about that. You know, so how do you add and subtract these things without actually walking through a house? We talk about you guys all the time, all the different things that you've done to your house since you've moved in and all the value you brought to your house. Well, how do you think Zillow knows that you guys, you know, redid the outside of your house and did all that landscaping and, and everything else you've done? Of course not. They couldn't. So you really still need to have a realtor who can, uh, who can look into all of that, understand the market and be able to put a real number on it. Um, I think the Zillow is a, a great resource for people because these they get an idea of what their house is worth, but I don't think that it's um, something that they should bank on. Again, personal touch, right? At the end of the day, contact a human being to actually do the research for you and come up with a number that makes sense. Exactly. So, all right. So say we got someone here that's been living in a one bathroom bungalow like uh, we did for a year. They're sick of it. They need another bathroom. They need more room. They talk to you and okay, it looks like we can get what we need uh, for this house. What is your next suggestion when it comes to listing and all the things they should get in line before they just throw it out on the market? Well, I mean, you know, looking at the house through the eyes of a buyer is what we want our sellers to think about is if you're walking into your house for the first time, you know, what is it that is going to impress them? What is it that's gonna give them a little bit of hesitation and, and hold them back? So we don't want any, anything to hold them back. So things that might be broken, maybe some paint needs to be freshened up, um, any projects, some, some landscaping, things like that that make an instant impact that, um, that will you know, kind of allow them to visualize them living in this space uh, is what is going to excite a, a buyer and motivate them to wanna, you know, be at that in that house. I would also say decluttering. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, and, and people kind of don't take this the right way, but um, depersonalize your house. If you have photos of your family all over the house, you wanna take those down because you want the person to imagine themselves being in that house mm -hmm. and, and not seeing, you know, your family in that house. Uh, so that's, that's something, you know, and we talk about this all the time too, you know, there's two different, you live in your house one way, but you sell your house a different way. And so you're really trying to make it kind of more generic and kind of feel like you're walking into a model if you can, mm -hmm. unless you're the armor's mockers, then you live in a model as it is because his wife's an incredible decorators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know then once you, once you get the house to that, to that, you know, um, state of where it's ready to go. Um, then if, if there's anything we can, any value we can bring, we have uh, a crew that will come in and wash the windows. We'll take care of that. We'll provide um, um, cleaning the house. We have a, a nice crew that will come in and do that. That's something we offer just as a, a value add. Um, but then when it's time to show the house, you just pick things up. It's not a, a huge project and then it's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it always amazes me going into some of these houses and seeing piles of clothes and stuff all over the place. Like, who is advising you right now on how to sell your house? <laughs> you know, what about paint? Like, I feel like we've done a lot of paint in the houses that we bought and just painting a few walls can make such a difference, too. It doesn't cost a lot of money or time. What are your thoughts on that? And yeah, it's something you can do yourself. I mean, gosh, any of us go up to Lowe's or Home Depot and grab a bucket of paint for $50 and, and go home and paint a wall or a bedroom 
Um, instant facelift, instant impact. It fresh and the smell is fresh. It looks good. I mean, even if you if you don't paint, you know, I would suggest like going around like the door frames and looking at the fingerprints, things like that, that we just get used to looking at. And we don't even notice after a while, but just a deep clean. Uh, that's so important. So we've, we've got somebody all set up, you know, ready to sell and they're going to try to find their property. But it is such a tight market, as you said, uh, there's not a ton of inventory out there for sale. So you have got to be super buttoned up on the offer that you present on the home you're buying as well. Uh, are we in a situation where you really can't even think about putting an offer in on another house unless your house is pretty much sold or you have cash in hand? Where are we at with that right now? It's interesting you asked that question because uh, most of our clients right now are saying, I'm not going to sell my house until I find the house that I want to buy because I'm, I'm so confident I will sell this house in the first couple of days that I'm worried that if I do that, what's going to happen? How am I going, am I going to move out and move into an apartment for, you know, for a month or six months or moving with my parents or, I mean, how's that going to work? So uh, that's the biggest concern. And what we're finding with buyers, and we've had listings where we've had 36 different people come through in a 48 hour period. We've had seven offers. Um, all of them had to be, they were over the asking price. Uh, so I think that my advice to someone looking to buy a house right now, number one, is that we have a large company at Sotheby's in Birmingham. Uh, we have a lot of very successful agents. And every Wednesday, we hear from each other about listings that are coming to the market. So, I mean, last week, we told them about a house coming in Beverly Hills that is going to be on the market on Friday. So they really get the first crack at that house and are able to take their clients through it and maybe buy it before it ever hits the market. That's number one. That, that's what I would do if you can have that, that opportunity. The second thing is that if you're going to buy a house today, you've got to go in and you've got to be ready to, to act immediately. I mean, you literally walk in with the checkbook in your hand. Um, you're going up to the car and telling your agent, I want to make an offer right now. Let's sign it. I've got my phone with me. We can e-sign this thing. Um, and also be willing to spend a lot of money because um, people are so competitive that they're offering over the asking price. They're doing things with what's called a, an appraisal guarantee, where they're saying if it doesn't appraise for the, the value that I, I'm offering, that uh, I'll pay the difference. Wow. Uh, they are waiving inspections, so they're not even going to inspect the house. Which we would never, ever right. recommend. So there are some, some really uh, some, some cutthroat things going on out there right now. Um, yeah, and so, but you know, as far as what we can do for um, for the seller who is looking to buy too is, if their house does sell before they find a place to live, is we can get them some extended occupancy after close too, and make that part of the negotiation for them. And so there are some things, some you know, things that safety nets we can put in place for them to buy them some more space that um, that is very common now. And so even though they're gonna be paying more, they're still gonna to get top dollar for their house too. So um, it's, 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 a, it's a balance, you know, you're getting more, but yes, you will pay a little bit more, so. And having a, a tight mortgage approval obviously is important too. And I think that's a, a kind of an edge that you guys have. And one of my motivations to work with you was how uh, much you were willing to help us with our mortgage approval. And I know you're not mortgage loan officers, but Bill, you have that knowledge and that experience. Um, what advice do you have for people on their mortgage approval? Or, you know, How involved do you get in the mortgage process and advising people on that part of it? Well, I actually I have two brothers who run mortgage divisions uh, at local banks here in Michigan, which is wonderful. Um, 
And uh, so to have, to have that trust and that relationship that we can send our clients to them and know that they're going to uh, be treated properly, get the right pricing. Um, but you're right, that's a great point about pre-approval has got to be rock solid. Um, it's something that's got to be credit and income verified. It can't just be a pre-qualification where they say, well, based on what you told me you make, you can buy this much house. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, the first thing a good agent's going to do is they're going to call the bank and they're going to say, you know, is John, um, you know, is he a W-2 employee? Is he self-employed? You know, what's the situation? How long has he been in his house? I mean, those are the questions that should be asked uh, to make sure that this is the right person to go with because they have options. They have options of five or six different other buyers who might be uh, just as good. So it's really important that they're rock solid financially if they can be. And the bigger down payment, the better, obviously. Conventional not FHA or VA, um, that's really the only way you're gonna win in this, this market. Is that something you put on a pre-approval letter, how much money you're putting down? And I would imagine that the sellers would look at that and then someone that's putting 20% down is gonna look a lot stronger than someone with 5% down, right? Absolutely, and you know, I don't know if this was part of your, when you were in the mortgage business, but you know, they're also running credit and they'll run it through DU and they'll get an instant um, appraisal waiver which based on the strength of their credit, based upon their down payment, um, we just had that last week. And uh, that's fantastic if you can get an appraisal waiver. Uh, so again, then that's what the seller's hoping for. If you just offer $20,000 over the asking price, I sure hope you get it. I sure hope it appraises for that number <clears throat> because that's, that's going in my pocket. So uh, yeah, it's all very important. So you also had mentioned to me, um, talking about second homes now too, um, interesting opportunities that people have with that. Why don't you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so there's a, there's a friend of ours who sells out on the West Coast who's recently introduced us to a company called Picasso. And uh, the idea is that you buy into uh, shared home ownership. Um, so Picasso owns will we'll buy a property, a high-end property, and they will completely update it, high-end furnishing, everything. And then people will have the opportunity to buy shared ownership in, in that property. So say it's a um, million dollar property, that's, and it can be split up eight, eight into eight different. Um, yeah, it's a, fra it's a fractional, fractional ownership. ownership yeah. yeah. And it sounds like a timeshare, but it's not a timeshare because you own one eighth of that house. And if you want to sell it at any time, you can put it on the market and you can sell that one eighth. So it's, uh, it's through an LLC. It's, it's really a great idea. And we were out actually in Napa and the homes out there, obviously, I mean, you've got these estates that are five, six million dollars and people are saying, I love to be out there, but I don't want to spend six million dollars to, to have that that opportunity. Home, yeah. Right. So we thought about, you know, gosh, what about in Michigan when you've got all these people wanting a second home up north or on the west side of the state? You've got all these people from Chicago who want that. So, uh, you know, wouldn't you love to have a house on Lake Michigan that's 3,500 square feet that you could take your friends and family up to and have 42 days a year to use it, um, but not pay $3 million to live there or to, <laughs> and, and maintain it and everything else that goes along with that? Yeah, we'll talk about how COVID had changed things. A lot of people went up to their uh, their second homes during right. COVID and worked remotely from there because they wanted to get away. And so that's also been um, kind of a trend where people are looking for second homes, but not necessarily in this market can afford them. So that's why it's such an intriguing um, idea for us as well, because we could just see how some of those beautiful lakeshore homes 
would be such great Picasso homes and opportunities for people who normally couldn't afford to pay three or four million for um, a lakefront home to have some partial ownership and the opportunity to own something like that. How does that work as far as sharing time? Not to use the words timeshare because it's not right. interesting. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's an app that the eight, this is called the, there are eight owners. There's an app that they go on and they're allowed to, to block off certain times throughout the year. They can't block off like two weeks in a row in the middle of July. I mean, it needs to be equitable, um, but it is all shared between the eight owners. Uh, but you could own up to, uh, you know, half of that house. So in that case, you'd own, you know, 160 days of the year. Uh, another thing that's important is that it's not, uh, used for Airbnb or anything like that. It's a, a private home. Um, you can send your friends or family up there, but you can't rent it out to anyone. Um, that's just not the way it works. But uh, yeah, this has been working in a lot of major markets in the country like Miami, Napa, LA, uh, where you can buy larger homes and, and have a, a fraction of it. So do you know how many are available in Northern Michigan right now? None. It's so interesting. Um, really, the idea is if you find a place that, you know, if, if a buyer came to us and said, we're looking for something like this, we could go and find a place that's on the market and, and, and see if they would be interested in that and then begin it here. So it's all, it is really brand new. It's uh, okay. just it's kind of in the um, you know, in, in that phase, but, uh, yeah, it's in its infancy. And, and, you know, we thought to ourselves, I mean, you know, talking about, there aren't a lot of second home buyers in LA looking to buy a home in Detroit. Um, so, you know, what is the part of Michigan that people do go to, um, that even are not from here, um, but do want to spend time in. And so that's why we were talking about, you know, the West side, Saugatuck, Petoskey, Harbor Springs, I mean, so many incredible parts of our state. Um, but right now we're just trying to work with the, the people at Picasso to see if, if we can begin doing this here because we think it would be really successful. I really so, love the idea of them coming in, making it beautiful and glamorous, completely furnishing it and managing it so that when the owner comes, they literally enjoy it like a vacation home, but don't, don't have to do anything else. I mean, they don't have to think twice about it other than that. So for anybody that might be listening to this that is interested in a second home, it's a good talking point right now, but it's still kind of something you're putting together. Then. Exactly. Okay. Based on interest, I mean, that's sort of like what's going to drive it. If we right. have five people that call us and say, that sounds like a really cool idea, then we can take it to Picasso and say, let's go buy a $2 million home and, you know, what's wrong with it? Love it. Hey, that's what COVID has done. It's created a lot of cool new ideas. So hopefully that's one that sticks. Um, sure. You know, and I also just want to talk about the topic of like divine intervention, I think, when it comes to real estate transactions. I feel like sometimes someone else is, is driving the wheel on these. And it looks dreadful. It looks like there's no hope and you're ready to give up. And that absolutely was the case with us. We had scheduled a meeting. And if it was DocuSign, we might have pulled our house off the market. But Bill's like, no, we're <laughs> going to meet in person. Talk about this. Um, so we were going to sign the paper to pull our house off the market. And literally within 24 hours, we asked, had to ask for a showing of our home. And like, well, I'll just hold off. Don't sign that. Lo and behold, it's a cash offer. Um, <laughs> everything worked out. We got out of our one bathroom bungalow into an absolutely beautiful home, beautiful neighborhood that is part of the school district that we wanted to be in. But what's interesting is we had this little bubble that we thought this is the only place that we wanted our house to be. And you guys looked just outside that bubble 
I know this is kind of a loaded question, but talk about how you've seen divine intervention uh, come into play in some of these transactions over years. And also the importance of maybe looking just a little bit outside that bubble because you never know what you might find out there. Divine intervention. Well, I think, you know, I, I think that um, real estate is such an emotional experience, you know, so it does help for us to, um, uh, faith is always good, you know, and, and but it's, it's important for us to, to help our, our clients to have um, some understanding that things take, take time, a little bit of time, and just to hopefully keep things on an even keel for them so that we can see things unfold. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I don't know about divine inter intervention, but, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of instances where things have worked out. Um, here's a great example. Just, this just happened. Um, we had a first time buyer, um, one of Kristen's cousins, uh, found a house that was this mm. original 1949 house in the middle of houses that started at a million went up to a million five. And when you go to this neighborhood, as we did with her, she was looking for a house around 270. And we were driving to this neighborhood saying, we're in the wrong neighborhood. This is, there's, there's no way. This is, I mean, this is an incredible neighbors in Farmington. And um, so we thought we saw the house. She loved the house and made an offer. Well, lo and behold, there were two cash offers who said no inspection will close in a week. And she was putting 3% down, first time home buyer. And they called and said, we decided to go with you. And the reason why is because um, my father built this home and um, we want to sell to someone who's going to keep this home and, and not tear it down and build some mansion on top of it. And we both, our jaws hit the ground. I thought mm -hmm. you're walking away from a cash offer, no inspection, seven day close. So they weren't about the check that, you know, it was not about the money for them. They were going to get the money regardless, but um, I would call that divine intervention. I was shocked. Yeah. It's um, a bit of a miracle because it's going to be an amazing place for her to live in a wonderful investment. And it was such a long shot. And uh, yeah, some things are just meant to be, you know, I mean, and this was, this was one of those situations. Yeah, I guess I think that the message is maybe don't give up at the first sign of struggle or if things don't go just, it, it never is going to go perfect. Right. Well, and right. I think too, sometimes that if it doesn't work out the, on the flip side of that, if it doesn't work out the first or the second or the third time, even that more than likely and always likely is what we find is that when you, when you do get to that house that you eventually land with, it's the one that you really love the most. And you look back and you're like, Oh, thank goodness. It didn't work out. Kind of like ex-boyfriends and girlfriends, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps to be tenacious. And, and to your point about your house is I think sometimes um, you need to be flexible when you're looking for a house. Um, you know, we've had people that are saying, you know, it must be in this area. It must have this many bedrooms. It must have this, must have that. Well, unless you have all the money in the world, um, most of us have to decide that we wanted to get that three, three car garage, but it's not going to work out this time. Or we wanted to have a much larger yard or more privacy, but we love the kitchen. We love the school district and we love the neighborhood. So we're going we're to buy this house. Um, it's, it's not often where people, they get everything that they want. But I like to think of us as tenacious too, you know, and I think that's why it's important for us, for people to work with, um, a team like us, because we can find, we, we are, when we find a challenge like that, you know, uh, we have little insights or we can talk to different people in our network to find out maybe this is the best area or what about this, or have you thought about that? 
And so there's little, um, there's little things that we can provide that maybe um, they wouldn't have been able to figure out on, on their own. So we also reach out to neighborhoods that, you know, if you said, you know, my family wants to live in this neighborhood, there's never any houses on the market. Well, we'll go in there and we'll send letters, we'll door knock and we'll find, we'll find a house for you if we can. Say so we've got a great couple, they want to buy your house and um, have you considered selling it? And um, that's, that's the tenacity that she's talking about. Well, the tenacity I saw is walking out in the middle of January <laughs> up and down our street and handing out flyers from our open house. Like, uh, who does that? Like, you guys do, not very many others do. I know that much. Yeah, that so, was um, painful. I mean, I mean, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> we can laugh about it now, right? Maybe not yeah. so much that day. Yeah. Um, you know, and just to kind of wrap things up, the, the cool thing I think about most sales and especially in your profession, I could probably give you a list of all the names of people that you work with, including us. And you're not going to remember how much money you made on any of those transactions, but you're darn well going to remember a story from every single one of them. And those are, two years later, we're still friend, good friends with you guys and stay in touch. Tell me about how much you love that part of real estate. I think the hardest part at the end of a transaction is it, it can be even awkward. We like kind of walk away and go, well, I, I guess we'll see you or talk to you um, when, you know, you're so used to talking to people and you have such um, deep relationships. I want to even say, because, you know, you know about them, you know what that is important to them. And you and so uh, it is a wonderful part of, of our um, I guess job. Um, it's 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 a benefit, and and um, and we, we, we'll laugh. You know, we think about um, fun stories or um, silly something that happened, and we'll we'll say, I wonder how so and so is doing. As a matter of fact, we talked to two of our clients. Two of our clients just called us this morning. Uh, one was an older lady uh, we helped a couple of years ago find a condo, and we send little anniversary cards out. So it was her anniversary, and. She just said, I love this place. You guys have, it's been great for me and you made this happen and so grateful. And so it's just, it's a great thing because, you know, you really want people to be happy and, and, um, and that means a lot. And so these relationships are, are wonderful. I tell people that, you know, you better be prepared to spend a lot of time with this person <laughs> because you're going to go out house hunting and they're going to be in your home trying to help sell it and uh, negotiate on your behalf. And so uh, it is beyond a, a, a transactional relationship. Um, and I think that's what you have to be really prepared for. And it, the thing that I wasn't prepared for is how great the relationships have been and the great people we've had the opportunity to meet um, since we've been in this business. Um, for whatever reason, I didn't, I didn't think about that as a, a benefit of being a real estate agent. Um, that we get to meet so many great people and, and help people like the woman that Kristen just mentioned. I mean, she had lived in the same house for 50 years. Her husband passed away. Uh, as a matter of fact, she moved from her family home into that home and they got married. They raised four kids there and she didn't know what to do. She was really worried about leaving that house and leaving everything that she'd ever known behind. And, um, and now, like she said, she called today and she said, I'm so happy. and I'm so at peace with everything. And it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have been possible if you guys didn't come into my life. And that means the world to us. Um, you're right. I don't remember how much money we made. That was really irrelevant. And if you're thinking about the money, then you're not going to be a great, you know, advisor and, and, and ultimately a friend. So that's what we try to do. Do the right thing and uh, everything takes care of itself, right? Right. 
So how do people best get in touch with you if they're looking to buy or sell or just uh, learn more about the process? What's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, you can go to our website, which is urbanteam.com. That's E-R-V-I-N, team.com. Um, also, you can call our, uh, our phone number, just uh, 248-210-3308. Uh, we would love to meet with anyone. We cover Wayne, Oakland, Macomb County. Um, you know, no house is too inexpensive. No house is too expensive. Uh, you know, we don't, some people say, oh, well, you're at Sotheby's, so you don't probably want to do really high-end houses. Um, you know, we, we've sold houses that are $80,000 up to, you know, a million dollars. So it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, that you can go to our website. Um, Best to call or, us. Or, Just or, give us yeah, a call. Or call us at our, that's, that's my cell number mm -hmm. uh, or text. And uh, yeah, we would love to work with, with anyone that's listening. Well, and we would love to have you come over for a barbecue now that uh, you guys have been vaccinated here and we're going to be here soon. So looking forward to seeing you guys after a couple of years. You can see what we've done to our house. It's definitely another success story for the great work that you guys do. So thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. We look thanks forward for the to opportunity. That. Yeah. All right. Take care.